0: up
1: in my headphones charles turn it in yeah. hello 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 everybody one and all welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the friends talking fantasy podcast my name is charles and with me today as always is my lifelong friend and co-host dylan
0: I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles.
1: I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan. But not just any fantasy today. Because today oh. we are going back into our character series. This time for a totally new character trope. We are talking about sidekicks that stole the show. That is sidekicks. Very different from a previous episode, you may remember, called Side Characters That Stole the Show. This is Side Kicks That Stole the Show. And I cannot express to you how different those two terms are, right, Dylan?
0: Entirely different. It's not like we came up with this episode idea by nature of me at the tail end of our Side Characters That Stole the Show episode, accidentally calling the episode sidekicks that stole the show and then us being like oh yeah sure uh, we could do that too
1: that's right it's not like that at all and you know <laughs> side characters could be anybody right like right. as long as they're Except not the main, the main characters. characters or the protagonists <laughs> yeah. but pretty much anyone else right? There, right there's a wide spectrum of who could be a side character yeah. but can't
0: be in the core central group of Can't be in the main But cast. anyone else. Yeah, yeah, but anyone
1: else. But there's an art form to the sidekick, a very Ooh. important character in fiction, um, totally different from a side character. And I, I pulled it's it... It's not even close. Not even close. And... So many new characters we're going to be talking about today because of that distinction. I mean, there's barely any overlapping characters between the two <laughs> <Wait>. episodes. <laughs> I
0: asked you to get rid of the one overlap, but you
1: I also. insist on keeping it in. Um, and we'll get into that as we stick along sure. here. Um, I think to start it off, we just I had this really quick definition from our from our favorite website, TV Trope's. That is
0: that it's up. My there. favorite website is theftfpodcast.com. Oh,
1: Dylan, you, that's a great <laughs> website. And mine is maybe twitter.com slash theftfpodcast with the number one at the end. That's another really great.
0: Will that take you to our account? Yes, it will. Oh, so, Oh, I also like that site, google.com. <laughs> that has been helpful for me along
1: the way. Oh, man, Google's great. But we're not here to talk about Google, Dylan. We're here to talk about sidekicks. Oh, no. Um, As defined by TV tropes, these are the friends and helpers of the main hero. They can be almost any type of hero playing a secondary role, a normal character observing the action or a plucky comic relief, sometimes all of them. Uh, Typically, they are a foil to the hero, and this is often underscored by their dramatically different appearance. That may not qualify for some of these, but it will be interesting to compare them here. And without further ado, guys, I got to start us off right away with the obvious choice, perhaps the greatest sidekick in all of literary fiction, and that is Samwise Gamgee from The Lord of the Rings. Not surprising anyone. I mean, come on, Sam, uh, you will know he is the sidekick for the main hero, Frodo, but Sam is kind of the one doing all of the heroics, if you ask me, um... He's the one who's out there supporting Frodo, kind of carrying him at times, getting them through some Nailed of the it. hard thank you, getting them through some of the harder parts of their adventure. And you know, he's the one that kind of had to step up the most. He was maybe challenged the most and he he always without complaining without any kind of, you know, um Jealousy or rivalry, he just supported Frodo constantly, and it's their friendship that is the core of *Lord of the Rings*. And Samwise Gamgee is such a critical part of that, and I just love the character. What can I say? He was in our like second episode ever when we talk about our favorite characters in all of fantasy, and he's back again for sidekicks, man. Samwise Gamgee.
0: And when you're talking sidekicks. You're talking Samwise Gamgee in the fantasy genre. This is one of the most beloved characters in the entire genre and for good reason. Just such an optimistic and resilient and incredible character that steps up when we need him most. What more could you want Sam why such a cam
1: selfless cam. character as well. This is the kind of guy you'd want to be your sidekick on an adventure. You know, there's times where yeah. he was like, oh, here, I have some extra water, Frodo. You can have some of mine. Sam doesn't have extra water. He's, he's giving up a ration to, to support Frodo, and that's just a stand-up guy. Um, and he's, you know, he's very humble, and all he wants to do is go back to Rosie and, and, and start a family. And, and we're rooting for him the, the whole way, so... Um, another character another couple sidekicks that we have to bring up just almost by default comes from the Harry Potter series and that is Hermione and Ron uh, you know no surprise here you know Harry Potter is one of the most popular works of fantasy ever and Hermione and Ron are the quintessential sidekicks to our main hero Harry Potter um, what i like about hermione ron and harry is this kind of found family dynamic that they have going on you know harry potter's home situation growing up was not great quite abusive actually and when he finally gets whisked away to hogwarts he meets ron and hermione and they very quickly form a a strong bond this found family thing that i just loved and you watch them grow up together and and go through their teenage years and take on all these great challenges. And it's their friendship and their trust in each other and their love for each other that gets them through a lot of their challenges and their adventure. And, you know, they all have different kind of tropes. Hermione's like the bookish one. And and Ron is the <laughs> solid number two guy. And, and it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Those are great characters. I think a lot of people identify with certain character traits in Hermione and Ron and i don't know i i just growing up there was like harry potter ron and hermione everyone knew who they were you know it's just a great great trio
0: something that's interesting to me about the harry hermione and ron dynamic is that harry is such a in my opinion a blank slate Mm -hmm. protagonist that doesn't have a ton of definable personality traits or characteristics and that is juxtaposed against these two very vibrant characters in Hermione and Ron, both for very different reasons. Ron, a bit, bit more of the that plucky comic relief type, right. I would say. And then Hermione falling into, like you said, Charles, that bookish, uh, very smart, goody-two-shoes yeah. intellectual role. And they help round out that set of characters. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a big part of the success of the Harry Potter series comes from people's ability to almost self insert as the Harry role. Uh, I'm sure a lot of folks who grew up with this uh, series uh, almost felt like they were Harry meeting these awesome sidekicks in Hermione and Ron. Mm -hmm. And I think, that makes them pretty cool sidekicks. That so they captured the imagination of so many folks growing up who just wanted them to be their, their friends anyway. Sidekicks a little like doing them a little dirty. They're <laughs> like a trio. Three side- f- it's like if you, me and Derek, that the M crew, it was like, well, like maybe this is telling Yeah, But one of them is like
1: the super famous person that everybody knows. And the other two are his friends, you know? So,
0: well i appreciate you think of me that way yeah, Charles, never, not everyone's like you. it's
1: Dylan! oh my goodness the one who was chosen <laughs> with with the signature <laughs> scar on his forehead everyone knows him
0: i do have a scar on my eyebrow
1: anyway, yeah i have a scar on so. my thumb you don't see me
0: bragging about it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's what you're doing all right well before this devolves any further um Shall we move on to a character that I'm extremely excited to talk about, Charles? Bring it
1: on. Yes.
0: This character is my favorite character in the Monstrous Mm -hmm. comics. uh, That's by Marjorie Liu and Santa Takeda. Mm -hmm. Fantastic comic series uh, that bounces these... Grimdark and steampunk and high fantasy elements. And the character that sticks out most for me is Little Fox Kippa, mm. who it's probably fair to frame her as Micah Halfwolf, the main character's sidekick. And something that is really interesting about Little Fox is that she is almost this beacon of hope and optimism, which, you know, we talked about some of that with what Samwise has to offer. Uh, But, you know, Samwise bounces out Frodo, who's, like, still a pretty, like, nice and well-meaning dude, I think, who's trying to be heroic. And Little Fox gets to be this contrast or foil, as you mentioned in the definition, I think, to are, I don't know if anti-hero is quite right for Micah, but certainly morally gray Mm -hmm. hero in Micah Halfwolf, who is very willing to do what it takes to get what she needs to get done in a very dark feeling setting. Mm -hmm. And I think Micah has a lot of this cynicism that has developed from how harsh the world around her is while little fox is younger also has seen a lot of this really harsh stuff that happens in the world around her but it's never kept her from maintaining that hope Mm -hmm. and that optimism And in that way little fox even though she's micah's sidekick i would say is the heart and soul Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways of the monstrous comics and what makes them so That's
1: very well said. I mean, talk about a sidekick that steals the show here. Every time that we have um, Little Fox on the page, she's just so adorable, so so eye-catching, so charming. And she is kind of like the moral anchor for Micah. And in a series that's otherwise way down on the grimdark end of things, Little Fox is the one that brings it into this hopeful epic fantasy kind of role. And I think for that, she's earned... A lot of of love from you and I specifically, Dylan. And then talk about a sidekick that is um, dramatically different in appearance, right, from from Micah. And this is what Sana Takeda does really well with kind of the way she chooses to color. We have the benefit of this being a graphic novel, right? So we get to see these illustrations from Sana Takeda. And she draws Little Fox so deliberately different from all the other characters a lot less um hard edges and angles, a lot more round, a lot softer, a lot brighter colors. Mm-hmm. You know, she stands out right away, especially when she's like you she's like knee high to Micah, like pulling on her robe like you're not gonna eat that person are you and she's like I'm gonna try not to you know so it's like that cute little (laughs) that cute little dynamic there that I mean talk about a foil both in like their actual characters and then in their appearance as well I think Little Fox is the best example on this whole list
0: I could not agree more Charles and she really believes in Micah and to have a sidekick that just so much support and provides unconditional positive regard to the hero that they are backing up there. I mean, you can't do any better than Little Fox mm-hmm. and awesome. I Yeah. So I loved reading about Little Fox. Me so too.
1: Much. If you haven't read Monstrous, go check that out. Another yeah, graph and, uh, well, shout out to Beth oh. Tabler at Beth Tabler. Yes.
0: Give her a follow.
1: Yes, for recommending <laughs> Monstrous to us yes. in the first place. So thank you for doing right. that, Beth Tabler. Yeah. Um, really appreciate that. Another graphic novel series in here, the other one that I managed to sneak onto this list, is one of my favorite works of fiction, Just Hard Stop. And we said that about this series a bunch of times on the show so far. Of course, it is Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Fiona Staples. Saga is so epic. There's so many characters mm-hmm. And for me, Lion Cat is the best in the sidekick role. And although you could say, you know, Lion Cat is a sidekick to The Will, and The Will is not yes. necessarily the main character, but he is one of mm-hmm. the main characters in this epic, right. like nine volume, ten volume long saga, if you will. And, you know, yeah, well, we, I- we love The Will as a character, and Lion Cat is his trusty sidekick and lion cat is a giant cat that if you're lying he'll just go lying like he's a lie detector i think
0: lion i think lion cat is a female
1: lion cat Lioncat is female her. did i say he uh lion cat is a she and um yeah no lion cat's great and even like she's a lie detector not just for the wills Like anyone the will wants to kind of find out if they're lying or not but she'll even point out when the will is lying as well and that leads to fun moments where it's like why don't you go in the ship for a while lying cat you know i'm trying to do some stuff here and the will's not a guy you would traditionally see as having the kind of compassion to care for someone else and a lot of his relationships with people are you know are are very interesting but not super healthy but lion cat's this constant in his life and it's really interesting to see how the will and lion cat relate to each other and support each other even though the whole world is kind of against him in that way so it's always to me was kind of wholesome and And to watch the two of them interact was always a lot of fun. And just the idea of a lion cat is so clever and created such fun moments of dialogue and fun scenarios throughout Saga that had to put him on the list.
0: That's also well said, Charles. And I think that something that comes to mind here that I think works really well for Lion, cat, and then had me reflect on Lil Fox too. Is that even though neither of those characters are human themselves, they both bring humanity mm-hmm. in a lot of ways to the main The I don't know if hero is the right word for the whale, but the <laughs> uh, the person that they are the sidekick to. Right. right. <laughs> um. <laughs> the leader is probably right. The, the way recipient to put it. Like, of said the,
1: sidekickness.
0: <laughs> right. Um. So I think that uh, lion, cat brings out this side of this anti-hero the will who's a bounty hunter and i think i i think i brought him up in our anti-heroes that stole our hearts i episode. think so
1: yeah we love the right? will so he's definitely been <laughs> yeah. in the character series before a For lot of sure. characters and have
0: yeah and when you have a character like the will who is someone who when led astray without someone to ground them things could go pretty awry fast that's why you need one of these awesome side characters like lion cat to remind them to be compassionate like you were saying Charles and to have something or someone to actually care about and lion cat provides that so well for the Will, and we do get those funny moments like i know when when lion cat does have to say lying about the Will, <laughs> it's often this like very begrudging yeah like, like her, her head's <laughs> down a bad moment she's like yeah, looking yeah. In
1: of a way like a it's pet like does lying. when it knows it's in trouble like lying and yeah, uh, like, yeah it's so great lots of touching moments. yeah and lion cat like all lion cat can say is lying but the amount of characterization and emotion that comes out of the illustrations of fiona staple are so good like lion cat's a very expressive character yes and and wins over some hearts sometimes throughout saga so definitely check out saga and keep an eye out for lion cat guys great sidekick there so i think we gotta transition back to our more modern fantasy here with the first series that we ever buddy read on the show the popular missborn by Brandon Sanderson and while there's no sidekick necessarily that there's no character that fits the sidekick role definitively there is the Kandra Osor who becomes a sidekick for Vin in the second book Wells of Ascension and i think Osor is such a great example of the sidekick character um you know Chandra have the ability to shapeshift and that creates some really interesting moments of espionage as we learn more about the Chandra. there's some interesting lore that really develops Vin's dynamic with Osor and mm-hmm. it's kind of the driving force of the of the of the story in Wells of Ascension and it's definitely the most interesting plotline to me in Wells of Ascension and I was just totally blown away by by the ending of that book and the relationship between Osor and Vin, it was such a huge force behind that. So I don't want to get into too much because I don't want to spoil yeah. anything. It's re- I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible. So all I will say is that look, Osor, like just the idea of a Chandra and then having Osor specifically be Vin's sidekick, starting in Wells of Ascension. It was super, super interesting, and I, I'm afraid right. to say any more than than that. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so much of Mistborn Era One focuses on these incredible plot twists that uh, that Sanderson weaves in and out. And we're talking about Book Two of yes. <laughs> this incredible. Uh, yeah, so there's so much more that we. Uh, we could say, but we don't want to, to keep it spoiler-free, but I'm sure that any folks who've read Mistborn Era 1 know how awesome you a is. You guys sidekick. know what we're
1: talking about, right, Yeah, guys,
0: you and it. so, but someone that we can talk about Mistborn without having to worry too much mm-hmm. about spoilers is a sidekick that is near and dear to my heart, <laughs> Charles, because uh, this is the person of all the characters we've read, this is the person that. Most seems like you, Charles. This, <laughs> this is, is the, the narrative Charles. you've been
1: pushing for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know who you're talking about. You may as well go out and say it. This is Doxin <laughs> from Mistborn. You know,
0: every great Kelsier needs a Doxin. And uh, behind the scenes, while Kelsier is being the face of of the thieving crew this charismatic guy out in front that's a person that people want to communicate with and talk to and enjoy interacting with and all that kind of stuff but a kelsier is nothing charles without a dachshund behind the scenes running all of the logistics and dachshund is basically the bureaucrat behind kelsier that keeps keeps everything together in their thieving crew and he might not quite steal the show i if would we're set, say if that's i wouldn't go that far it, either yeah and we're <laughs> keeping it strict but he supports kelster in a way that allows uh, um, kelster to be himself and do all those things and really he he needs dachshund so mm-hmm. charles i uh, i mean we have to chat doc yeah i
1: appreciate you acknowledging the critical role that dachshund had in in mistborn mm-hmm. because i do feel like you know there's characters that stole the show and i would say or has stolen the show a few times in mistborn um right dachshund never really steals the show for me but you do have to take a step back and appreciate what he's done you know Kelsier's promises everything, and Dachshund delivers. Kelsier's like, Ooh. we're going to defeat the big bad, and then Dachshund's like, everyone's cheering, and is in the back, like, calculating, like, okay, well, that's <laughs> we're going to need this many swords, and we have this many troops here, they move them there, and they're going to need to eat this kind of food for this long. You know, he's the one that's making it happen, and I think Kelsier appreciates that about, about Dachshund, but also relies on it super heavily, so he never really brings it up oh, that yeah. much. So, there is that kind of that kind of balance. So, um yeah gotta lift, lift it up to dachshund you know i'm a big ham guy as well very great character there i don't know if he's necessarily a side kick like doxin and kelsey are work side no. by side very d- directly but you know gotta mention my man ham as well pewter burner <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't let dachshund just don't do dachshund dirty i did Charles. the whole
1: thing about they- dachshund love well, Like,
0: (laughs) that's your guy. Don't you you relate? Isn't that basically me out on Twitter shouting, we're going to read The Shadow of the Gods? And then you being like, okay, well, that's going to require me shifting this on the I do hand a lot
1: of the logistical stuff when it comes to our reading (laughs) schedule and our recording schedule, sure. But I also bring a lot of Kelsier elements to the show as well. So I like to think of myself as a Kelsier-Dachshund uh vin hybrid you know yeah so. you're the full package <laughs> sanderson a little bit in there too so you know it's got it all that i don't <laughs> see but <laughs> uh let's uh Mistborn guys yeah. well, check it out lots of great definitely. characters there you know we got Osor and dachshund leading the sidekick charge so keep an eye out for them as you're reading through Mistborn. <laughs> show them some love guys um big fans uh, now yeah. we are getting into another one of our great buddy read series. Um and that is The Witcher, the, you know, multimedia cultural sensation, The Witcher international as well I should say, uh by Andrzej Sapkowski and everyone knows Geralt Geralt is indisputably the main character of The Witcher. He is the Witcher and his sidekick is Dandelion. Uh, Dandelion is the bard character who pops up for many of Geralt's adventures, and they're best friends. And what's so interesting about that is the Witcher is very much like a solitary guy. He doesn't even like himself that much. He's very self deprecating in a lot of ways. And anytime he goes on an adventure, it's always kind of, you know, depressing, and he's always kind of bouncing, like, oh, who's the monster? Ooh, doo, doo. A- and then he runs into his buddy dandelion and you can see the witcher kind of put his guard down a little bit and allow himself to have some fun he's making jokes he's laughing he's like oh it's good to see you dandelion like the witcher never says it's good to see you to anybody so it's good to see like where Geralt and and Dandelion get the chance to just be friends. You know, they go fishing together. They, you know, share stories. Dandelion's trying to build Geralt up by writing songs about him. Takes a lot of the marketing initiative for Geralt. And and Mm. Dandelion is also this comic relief character. Very plucky also, I would say. And, um... Which goes back to our TV tropes definition. And he's just... Fun to read. The Witcher could certainly use comic relief every once in a while and Dandelion always delivers. Just a really great side character. Lots of fun.
0: Yeah, well said, Charles. I think that when it comes to the Witcher, I think the Dandelion-Geralt relationship is so core to it in a way that like... Is different too between the show and the books. I find yeah. like if you're if you've only watched a show and you haven't read the books, then I think the books is kind of more all in on this. Like, look at us, it's me and you. We're sidekicks, and we're you're right. my sidekick, and we're friends, right. and we hang out together. While the show went a little bit more like their relationship is complex because the show is grittier and darker, <laughs> but I think. If you, if you read the books, you, you'll you see Dandelion a little bit more in that sidekick role than you might see him as, at least to this point in the show. Right. Is that fair to I say? I would say,
1: like, they kind of played up Geralt being like, I don't need anyone following me around, yeah. like, leave me alone. And he does do that in the books, too. And it's always funny because he says that, and then you can tell he would prefer Dandelion sticks around. Right. So he's like, I don't need you here, like, why are you here? Go away. But he never actually, like, tries to get him to go away. He's He just says that because that's how he's comfortable expressing himself. But then, you know, Dandelion kind of gets to his heart in a very, like, yeah. heartwarming kind of way, which I always like to see. It's, yeah. You can write There's the no stoic character. In... Yeah, you can always write the stoic character, and it can get kind of boring. But the characters that kind of make their way into Geralt's heart is what makes the Witcher so... Good. You take like that '80s action hero, but then you actually get to kind of break through those tropes every once in a while with characters like Dandelion and yennefer and Siri. So, I mean, those relationships just make The Witcher so good. But Dandelion's the sidekick for sure,
0: right? And uh, yeah, well, I was gonna, the difference is there's no real drama between in the relationship between Dandelion yes. and Geralt well in the book, but there seems to be some that they play on in the show so I don't know I think uh, it's the books where he sticks out in this sidekick role for me a little bit more um, either way he fits into that side characters that stole the show trope in both the sh- the the Netflix series and the books mm-hmm. um, and that's why he came up in that episode too and uh, I'm, but I'm so I'm glad Charles I'm glad you fought to keep Dandelion in thank there thank you and, uh, yes. that was the one we mentioned so, at
1: the top that i i fought yes. to keep in was dandelion so you're welcome with your fans i fought for you
0: <laughs> yes uh and for me choosing the lesser evil was just letting
1: Charles oh, uh, get dandelion. well said
0: so let's keep it rolling charles we've got a character that uh, you added here that's from our current buddy read of the wheel of time we're currently in the midst of reading the dragon reborn we recently finished the great hunt and have released our buddy read episode on that already by now and the sidekick that you list as stealing the show here is land. <laughs> okay well to be
1: fair we wheel didn't call it stealing the show originally when i made this list <laughs> uh <laughs> but I just—I land does steal the show a little. He bit. does, no, and I, I really wanted a Wheel of Time character on this list. And I was trying to think of like, do Matt or Perrin fall under this sidekick role? They I think really, you—you you could fight for it, but you know, it's hard to talk about them without spoiling anything. Right. And you know, even you know, we're only in the middle of book two right now, so it's like I don't want to open that conversation. But I thought you know lan is a warder and warders are basically sidekicks for aes Sedai you know they're like the bodyguards that are magically linked to aes Sedai and they have like like strong fighting abilities but what makes lan interesting to me is that he has this nobility background right he's he's like a Like a former, I don't want to get too far into his background, but he's got a lot of he's got a lot of royalty in his you know heritage, and that's not spoiling anything, I don't think. And um, Mm. the fact that he is a warder to an Aes Sedai adds a lot of intrigue to him. You know, from the very beginning, he carries a very powerful presence, and he's seen right away as like, oh, this is the fighter character right he's the toughest guy here he's the most hardened and he can protect everybody but then the relationships he starts to have with a lot of different characters they stick out and as a sidekick I think he's particularly interesting especially when you're talking about epic fantasy I mean Len is so epic just in his in his nature he's just a really cool sword fighter character so Of all the, in The Wheel of Time, a book full of characters, Lan has just always been like the entertaining, noble hero guy. And uh, he just thought he needed a spot on the list.
0: Oh, he definitely did, Charles. I didn't mean to (laughs) rub you too much about that. I actually really like Lan. And I think that's something that's interesting about Lan when we think of him as a sidekick, is he totally does fit into that that definition in the way that he assists Moraine, given he's a, her warder mm-hmm. and he's clearly second fiddle to her in that kind of relationship. And he serves her in that way, but he's also got this element where even though he's a sidekick, he's clearly a natural born leader. Yes. In well his said. Characteristics. And that's what makes him, stand out to me among the characters that we're listing here is even when these characters are folks that steal the show they don't i don't think anyone else we've mentioned feels like a natural born leader in the way that lan is right Mm like (laughs) we love little fox to death but
1: (laughs) she's not leading with (laughs) fox is not
0: a natural yeah i mean she would probably would but (laughs) some yeah, if push came to shove, Lil' Fox would have the courage, I think, to do that. But you don't look at Lil' Fox and say, well, she should be in charge. <laughs> and Lan has this bit about him when we meet him as a character where he could easily be a person who's in charge. And I'm not super far in the wheel of time, so I don't know where things do or don't go. But I I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy who, who really could take charge in a way that few sidekicks could and in that way i'd say he
1: does that's well said and the way he collaborates with moraine who is the aes Sedai of that he's pledged to serve yes and then aes Sedai is like a wizard right and you, so he's basically yeah, magically but... linked to her as her warder with her her kind of protector i guess bodyguard kind of situation because Moraine is also someone who's very independent and very much the leader. So the two of them together, it's like a power duo. And it's interesting to see yeah. the two of them um, out questing together. So I very well said, Dylan, for sure. Very commanding presence from Lan.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, another character that we grab from a uh, buddy read that... We really enjoyed that. It was a butter read of the Poppy War series by R.F. Kwong. That's Rebecca Kwong, and it is Kitai, who is uh, the sidekick and definitely the foil to yes, uh, main definitely. character that we think is an incredibly compelling character in Rin from the Poppy War and. Kitai is everything that Rin is not in a lot of ways, right? Like he's very pragmatic, he's very measured, he's very careful, and he's also very intelligent. I think Rin is very intelligent in her in her own way too, for sure. but the way that it manifests itself for those two characters differently yeah. is very interesting. While Kitai has all those more pragmatic characteristics, Rin is completely rash she is relentless she is in no way careful she is willing to do whatever it takes to get what she wants done and she's not going to give it a second thought well Kitai will do a second thought He'll give it a third thought, he'll give it a fourth thought, and so on and so on. And and that's part of this, you know, we grabbed that TV trope's definition that talks about being a foil. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kitai helps balance out Rin, who is such a strong character in every sense of the word. And... It's it's important to have someone like Kitai. Otherwise, who knows what Rin would get up to? <laughs>
1: <Very laughs> Which well she does, kind of anyway. But <laughs> right, right, yeah. And for me, what <laughs> yeah. always stood out for me about Kitai was that he his unconditional love for Rin, basically, mm. and Rin also who has really interesting relationships with the people in her life. The healthiest one, in a large margin, is between her and mm. Kitai. You know, it's. It's almost like the Ron, Hermione, uh, Harry Potter kind of vibe. It's like this is almost like a found family situation between Kate and, and Rin as well. But Kate sees Rin as like a, you know, for who she is, this very powerful, strong leader. And Kate kind of worries for her when Rin doesn't necessarily want it. And it's that kind of love that, like you said, kind of becomes the foil for Rin, and it's super interesting to watch that progress throughout the trilogy, so um, Kite brings a great perspective to Rin, kind of, you know, reminds <laughs> Rin certain times of, like, hey, we're in this because like we're all friends and we love each other, and all this other stuff, and Rin's like, oh yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for the, and for that, we love Kate.
0: Yeah, a much-needed presence in that's a level head every think. once in a while yeah level yeah head.
1: And right always the and... logistical strategist guy as well mm-hmm.
0: yeah and someone with a a moral compass that is maybe a little more <laughs> noble <laughs> i guess yeah, a little less adjustable than Rin's can be at times. I, I'm trying A little to,
1: less Machiavellian, yeah. I guess. <laughs> right,
0: quite a bit less Machiavellian than Rin is. Someone who... Uh, Kitai has grown up with a lot more privilege than Rin has and hasn't had to fight and scrape for everything in a way that has, I think, turned Rin way more... Uh, just yeah relentless and Machiavellian than Kitai is so it's good that she has him in that series to help balance her. Agreed. And another yeah uh, another character that I want to make sure that we discuss here Charles comes from a series that that you have not read yet despite my constant pleadings despite (laughs) me pitching it twice and our friends pitching fancy is something I want to add to our TBR. You know, we're talking about the gentleman bastard series. And when it comes to sidekicks in the gentleman bastard series, you know, we're talking about Jean Tannen Mm -hmm. and you talk about found family, Charles. I think that, You have a great found family in the Gentleman Bastard, uh, like thieving crew, and the clear charismatic leader, as every good thieving crew needs to have, as we've learned from Mistborn, which you have read, Mm -hmm. the charismatic leader is none other than Locke Lamora, (laughs) hence the lies (laughs) of Locke Lamora. And he's this... Morris is this kind of like mastermind with a silver tongue and all these kind of things, but Jean is more of that Dachshund type here. Okay. He's more of the same kind of bit, this measured counterbalance to that charismatic person who's more up front and when Locke is coming up with all of these convoluted, wacky, zany schemes that only Locke Lamora would dare think up, Jean Tannen is the one keeping him grounded and Charles this is a duo that I'm sure you've seen many times come up, whenever you start saying, like, what's the best friendship mm-hmm. in fantasy, what's the best duo in fantasy, people will say over and over again, Locke Lamora and Jean Tannen. And that's for the way that these two are just such a fantastic counterbalance to their Each other's characteristics, and they have fantastic banter and dialogue, and they're witty, and they're funny, and they're amazing, and and they're a duo that I think you'd really love to read at some point, Charles. Well, oh, Gentleman Bastards by Scott
1: Lynch. Yes, I would love to (laughs) read Gentleman Bastards by Scott Lynch, and I can't stress enough to you, the listeners, how much (laughs) it's Dylan's fault that this series has not been read, and how much ridicule he has launched a smear campaign against me on Twitter. Phantology has called me a falconer. I don't even know what that means. And I don't appreciate it, okay, Phantology? It's not my fault. Dylan's <laughs> made me choose other books. But I've heard of John Tannen, and I've heard of Lac Lamora, and I've even recommended gentlemen bastards and recommendation series before having never cracked the cover because i kind of people have told me so much about it that i feel like i spiritually understand this series already so spiritually. yes i am very interested in reading gentlemen bastards and learning more about jean Tannen. i don't know who he is but he sounds like a really awesome sidekick <laughs>
0: spiritually understand it I do <laughs> read, love I, read it Charles.
1: I, dude I will you gotta pitch <laughs> it properly <laughs> don't put it against all these other series oh, that's like... people
0: can see right through you Charles with all this <laughs> oh no it's Dylan's fault that I declined to read oh it. yeah like, yeah yeah okay people see right through that Charles but I cannot wait Charles I think that you know who's to say who the sidekick is here But when it comes to wonderful duos like Locke and John, I mean, I'd want no one by my side, not saying you're the sidekick, but I'd want no one else by my side than you, Charles, on this wonderful journey that we are on together. As a duo I, of equals. Yeah,
1: I, I see us more as a <laughs> dynamic duo than yes. <laughs> maybe a main hero sidekick situation. <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment, Donna. I get exactly <laughs> what you're saying. When it comes to dynamic duos, I just feel so privileged and proud and, and happy to be part of oh. this duo that is the friends of the friends Talking fantasy podcast. I mean, all talking about all these side characters really puts into perspective how sidekicks. <laughs> it is <tradition laughs> cycle continues. <laughs> <laughs> You
0: know, side characters that stole the show. That's a good idea. We should do that.
1: Oh, wait, nope, well, did that for sidekicks, which are totally different than side characters. Not it's the not same even thing. Close. No, not the same thing at all. <laughs> Talking about all these <laughs> side characters and their relationships, nope. Sidekicks and their relationships <laughs> really puts into perspective, it? <laughs> you know what? How great, uh, how valuable friendship, friendship really truly is. So, props to all yep. these show stealing sidekicks, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. I think I'm ready for that outro music. I think you're more than ready, Charles. <laughs> all right, great episode, guys. Here we go thank you everybody for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the friends talking fantasy podcast whether it's side characters or sidekicks you gotta have the conversation over on twitter let us know what your favorite characters are that's at the f ftf podcast with the number one at the end we're also on facebook and instagram at the ftf podcast and you can always of course send us an email at the ftf podcast at gmail.com dylan if they are listening to the show they like it they want to support it even more than interacting on social media and they just so happen to be listening on apple Podcasts. what can they do
0: toss five stars to our podcast just find the friends talking fantasy page on the apple podcast app scroll down until you start seeing stars once you're seeing stars uh, we'd ideally love if you clicked five of those stars if you did have a little bit of extra time and you want to help us out even more then you can leave us a review and that helps people find our podcast and all that good stuff But you know what? I mean, just listening is more than enough. We appreciate you so much for doing that. Thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.